Welcome once again to the Kingdom Conversations Women's Edition. I am Alicia Halliburton, one of your lovely co-hosts, and I am also here with my other co-host, Tori Anderson and Crystal Fulton. And it's exciting to be here once again. We have been getting into some really good topics, and what we're going to be talking about today is not new. We have we have touched on uh, these areas times before, but we're going to kind of spin it in and just talk about it from a, a different lens. I, I feel like you can never talk enough about just your identity, how you, how we have grown as women, as wives, as mothers. I know speaking for myself, I learned something just about every day um, in one area or another. So we're just going to kind of have just a open dialogue. And of course, we, we always do it from the, uh, or with the lens of a kingdom perspective. Um, so excited to talk to you ladies tonight, but first we do have a hot topic to address and I came across this one recently and you guys, I'm not sure if you, you all had already seen it, but I'll just read what it says. So it's pins Leah Thompson, Thomas wins the NCAA championship in the 500 free um, and what is unique is that this is the first known transgender athlete to win a NCAA swimming championship. And so I will let you ladies weigh in. What were your thoughts when you saw this? Uh, Crystal, let's start with you. There's a purpose, right, for women and for men. Like, there's a purpose why that's separated. So I was just wondering, my first thought was, why are we blurring the lines? Like, why is why are those boundaries being crossed now? But um, um, so that was, like, my first reaction to it is um, what happened to that separation? So I'll just start off with that. Um, my first thought was I realized that I've become a little bit desensitized to the whole uh, transgender, like all the gender inequality issues, because when I first saw it, I didn't see the article. I saw people making jokes about it. And I was like, well, we've seen stuff like this before. Like, you know, what's the big deal about this particular case? Like, we know that it's not a kingdom concept. But we know that it's um, you can say you transgender all day long, but your biological makeup is a man. It's not like a woman's. It's a different, it's a reason, like you were saying, Crystal, that they're different, you know, just men can, men are just stronger, you know, they're taller, they're longer, you know, I don't know much about swimming, but being longer, I'm sure that has an effect and being stronger has an effect uh, in how fast you go so that was my biggest thing is just um and I was like I'm a believer and I'm feeling like I'm desensitized to it what is the rest of the world you know what's that approach so yeah that was kind of um my take on it yeah that's huge uh the word desensitized mm -hmm. um and and I know that that agenda that has been I mean, this has been in the works for decades, right? You know, just that exposure here and there, here and there, um, to the point where they want it to seem normal. They want it to seem, you know, like <laughs> this is kind of off topic, but not off topic at all. I was noticing 
um, I was in the store and um, I was in the women's clothes section, but I was noticing like the clothing looked, I was like, that looks like that could be Demetrius jacket. Okay. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> That's what they want. Like mm-hmm. a lot of these are, you know, you have like, what is it? Boyfriend jeans and just all of these things to where it's trying to merge and to blur the lines, just as you were saying. And so that desensitization, I feel like it's a result of the culture of darkness being put in front of us so much that it's starting to even appear normal. And I know not, I know that's not necessarily what you meant, Tori, that is not, you know, our normal, but I think about my kids. I think about, you know, people who they are this is being put in their face as normal and being presented to them as normal. And so I'm wondering what is it going to look like, you know, for the next generation and thereafter um, as far as accepting this as right. And I'll never forget when I was um, in grad school, I felt a shift and noticed that, um, you know, it used to be a time whereas when you would hear things like this, the majority of people opposed it openly. Now, I feel like it's shifted to where if you oppose it openly, then you're uh, shamed and, um, I don't know, people come after you. People will come after you. And it's so ironic because it's like, you would think that the people who preach acceptance and tolerance would be accepting and tolerant, but it's 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 hypocritical. Anyways, I'm I'm getting off just a little bit. So to respond to the actual post, I feel like it's not fair. Like if anything, why not y'all have your own have your own league? Like why is it that you have to force it on everybody else? But from a kingdom perspective, you know it it just goes to what you ladies have already said. Like we know that it's um that it goes against kingdom laws, but it just goes to show that the world's culture, the world's gonna do what they're gonna do. And, you know, if we, it, it more than anything, it just spoke the need for kingdom culture for us to um, make sure that we're still a force in the earth and that we are um, also not mixing and blending and accepting this as okay because it's not so those are my thoughts did you guys have any other thoughts about that no i want to say alicia i don't know if you noticed you mentioned that about you in the clothing section our nephew was telling us he's 21 just turned 21 and he he was telling us that a lot of the clothes men sold now are actually unisex that they don't have a lot of gender gendered clothing and i was like like y'all don't see like y'all don't see what's going on like you know so how those lines are just being blurred and they're just being blindly accepted so just to feedback off of that like um recently we saw some skinny jeans for little boys in the little boy section and I was like wow really in a 40 some skinny jeans for boys oh yeah oh yeah that's that's definitely um, super popular and prominent. And I think that that really is the point. Like, <laughs> just because something becomes popu- popularized 
does not mean that it's acceptable, but because people, um, and we have to be careful as ambassadors that, you know, thinking, oh, well, that's just old fashioned. And that's just how, you know, no, righteousness is still right. Like (laughs) that doesn't change. The scripture talks about like, I mean, the father said himself, I am, y'all, I change not. It's y'all who are keep coming up with stuff and changing things up and allowing um, the culture of the world to determine who you are and how you act. And, you know, I think that's so, that's why it's so important for us to have our own culture. Like what should it look like for us? I feel like nowadays is, there is no really, there's no distinction. Like, I feel like you used to at least be able to see, you know, even if it was, people in uh, churches wearing a skirt to the ground. Well, at least you knew they were saved for real. Like now, <laughs> you don't You don't know. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's another point. How do you guys feel about, since we're kind of talking about fashion, like what are your thoughts about, um, I don't know how to pose the question, but what should that look like as a kingdom ambassador? what should fashion look like as a woman even you know even yourself like what do you um how do you view it um just to piggyback off of what you said and I am going to answer your question it was one day um me and Octavian we were talking and he was talking about how like these men are wearing these like long t-shirts now and um there's also men in the pulpit wearing these long t-shirts and they're kind of close-fitting but it's almost like they look like dresses, but they wear, you know, wear them with jeans and how like it's pushing the agenda for um, men to be more feminized. And even like you said, in the church, but I just recently learned about how like our dress, we can actually promote rebellion. We can promote all of this stuff as kingdom citizens. So we have to be careful with how we dress. We have to be careful, um, you know, what we reveal, even, you know, our arms, our chest, all of that, like, it needs to be covered up. It needs to be, you know, we need to be modest. And of course, that's like you said, it's old fashioned in today's society. It's like, you know, the lower the shirt or, you know, the higher the shorts, you know, that's what it's, what's in now. So um, as kingdom citizens, we got to pull it up and pull it down. So. Corey, what about you? I mean, there's not really much to add to that. Um, but I feel like even, even if you dressing like if it covers up a butt cheek and cover up a boob, it's still modest compared to what they're doing now. Like stuff is see-through, stuff is like covering up that's just like a start. I don't know. Can't explain it, but um <laughs> You know, definitely, like, just align ourselves with scripture. Go back to what scripture says about how we should carry ourselves and how we should dress, but also just to dress up, like, our mindsets about clothing. And um, because, you know, what's on the inside is going to come out. And so really just to dress what's going on inside the person first, you know. um, And I guess, I guess get to that root. And I don't know, I get, I've always said that you could be, fashionable but still modest and appropriate and I probably said this to you Alicia like I love the way my mother-in-law dresses because she dresses very she doesn't look like an old lady like she'll tell you she's an old lady she really ain't that old but she she dresses really nice and she carries herself really nice but she doesn't look frumpy she doesn't look like her church 
I mean, her, her skirt ain't all the way down to her ankles, but she still looks nice. And it just has a modern feel to it. And I, and I think as, as believers, like we still can look nice. We can still carry ourselves modestly and don't look like, you know, we from the 1800s. So, I mean, and deep down, I've always wanted to dress kind of like a hippie. So, but I'm not a fashion person. <laughs> Why a hippie, Tori? Right, where'd that come from? Because <laughs> well, I've always loved like big, loose clothes, but for so long I wouldn't do it because it wasn't cool. And so now I'm just kind of like, now I'm kind of in a mix between I don't care, but I also want to look nice. So yeah, it's just a whole <laughs> thing going on over here. <laughs> well I'm glad that you like have that example I think that's you know important I think a lot of women may not have an example of someone that they can look to and I think um for me personally I grew up um a PK for those who don't know that's a pastor's kid and I always remember feeling like so what's the word my parents were super strict I couldn't you know I couldn't wear skinny jeans when everyone had skinny jeans and I I actually remember when um when Air Apostle first came out I don't know if you guys wore Air Apostle so I I went to school we had to wear uniform and so uh those shirts were like more form-fitting um and then girls then they would wear like leggings underneath their skirts now you know you just you don't have to do that and I remember my folks were like you not wearing no air apostle and you not wearing no leggings under like no we're not doing it and I just felt like I was missing out but I'm glad that they um put in oh gosh I have so many memories of my dad going through my closet and just like throwing all my clothes away like he was just like nope nope just start over like nope we're not doing it just start over <laughs> and I feel like you know in the moment oh I was so <laughs> I was so upset and of course all my friends were like oh my gosh their dad you know but my goodness where are the dads who are going to stand up for something and who are going well I know my, I know Demetrius is one of those dads because even now he's like nope and I'm not wearing that <laughs> I'm like she's nine months he's like nope she ain't wearing it no swimsuit no no but um you know in all seriousness though like it's just I'm thankful for that today even though I couldn't see it then um so yeah I heard somebody said they got the same daddy Girl, I got so many stories like that. We ain't got time for all of them. But, yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, he threw away so much stuff. Man, so I guess you know that hot topic really transitions into kind of what I want to talk about, and 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 that really relates to just what makes you a woman. Like, what? How do you define it? How has your view of womanhood changed um so that was like five questions in one so answer whichever one you um uh, you want to <laughs> crystal i'll start with you <laughs> um 
being a kingdom citizen, you learn the world's view of what womanhood is and kingdom view of what womanhood is, is two totally different things. And um, learning how to submit, not only, you know, to, but like submit to the father for one, humility and not being so domineering in your marriage or with your kids, being humble. And that's one of the things that's really been illuminated to me is having humility over being a dominating woman, a woman that's so domineering and how much damage that does not only, you know, to people around you, but also to your character, you know, the character that the father wants to portray in us as women. So yeah, that's, that's one, like, there's so much. I'll let you go, Tori. Um, I guess my view changed of um, just being that, I guess, that career-driven women, woman, I should say, just kind of always putting your value in your measuring, um, I, and maybe y'all can help me put it into words, but how you value yourself, how you measure how, how valuable you are, your self-worth is what I'm trying to say, um, basing it on your career. Um, because um, it wasn't when I stopped working completely, completely, I won't say I completely stopped working. When I stopped working a W-2 job, I'll say that it, um, I realized a lot of um, feministic thoughts still had to be uprooted. A lot of thoughts of how I viewed myself through a job still had to be uprooted and also kind of to, um, piggyback off what Crystal was saying about that dominating, just feeling like I always have to say something. I always got to say what I was thinking. I always got to make my point come across. And, you know, sometimes I've learned the, the, I don't want to say the beauty, but I've learned that it's okay to just say, okay, and keep going sometimes. And, you know, the scriptures say only a fool say everything that's on his mind. So just uh, back to kind of what you were saying, Crystal, it's just like a continuing learning uh, process. But I guess for me, one of the biggest things I learned is that women are communicators. And for a long time, I saw that a woman communicating was a bad thing. Um, because, you know, we see just on TV how these TV husbands are complaining about nagging wives and, you know, the wife always saying this and that. And so I guess I internalized that as, you know, me using my voice is almost a negative thing. But at the same time, you have that, well, you need to speak up. You need to, you know, speak your voice, have a voice, use it. So I guess just learning how to communicate effectively and making sure you're being in, in the face, not, you know, in the face you know like yeah I can't really explain it but yeah <laughs> I wish I wish our listeners could see what you just did so hopefully they were able <laughs> to make that <laughs> that distinction but I got, um, I, about tonight. <laughs> I got what you were talking I got what you were saying <laughs> and I agree a thousand and a hundred thousand if I can make that up percent um balancing and, and what you were referencing was one of the Hebrew uh, words for woman, matzah ezer nigad. Nigad, mean, me, nigad meaning being in front of or in the face of and talking about like how we are good communicators. Um, I, I agree with you that it's been distorted. Um, just the, that role has been distorted. And so, like you said, no, you can't uh, 
now I'm now I'm trying to put in the words. Like it's acceptable for you to speak your mind and be defiant almost um, because you don't want a man to tramp over you. Um, but yet that softness, that submissiveness, like that's looked down upon. Um, and I agree that I've also had to really learn because I've always been very vocal. So and I've never had a problem in the area of communication, mm-hmm. but I learned that even though I'm a communicator, that doesn't mean I'm an effective communicator. And everything that is said out of my mouth, um, communication has to do with so much more than that. And I am actually more powerful when I communicate through influence and through my position and through staying in the right position versus having a proof point or having to be right or um, having to speak what's on my mind, kind of like how you were saying, because that's not always what's the best thing to do. Even, even, if, even if you think, you know, it needs to be said or, or whoever needs to hear it, that doesn't mean that it's going to be effective or that's the most effective way. So I, I like what both of you all said, you know, Chris talking about like that humility um, and not being domineering. So I don't know. Um, um, one thing that I've learned recently, I can communicate a lot, like quantity, like I can communicate a lot, but it's so important that the quality of your communication comes forward. Let's say me and someone else, we're having a, a debate about something. I'm listening to them, but I'm listening to respond. I'm, I'm talking, I'm saying a whole bunch of what I believe and, but I'm not actually listening to what they're saying. So when I communicate to them, it's just a whole lot of talk. I'm not addressing what they're talking about. So that's kind of what I mean. Yeah. No, I, I get where you're coming from. Tori, did you have anything to add to that? Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I definitely have been in that position. So it wasn't that I, I got, I got what you, I was picking up what you was laying down. So what do you guys feel like now that you have transitioned from a single woman to a married woman, what did that transition look like and how did your identity change? Okay, Tori, you go first. (laughs) Oh gosh, it's just, that's a loaded question, Alicia, because I feel like when I got married, um, I mean, I was still in, I was still in college, like undergrad when I not, I'm not saying that that's minimum, but I mean, I was 23, 22, no, 22. Yes, I was 22. I hadn't graduated yet. Um, we, it was, I just feel like around that time in my life, it was just so many like major life events happening. So like, um, like that for those first two years of our marriage, we got married, we moved out in our own place together. Then a year later, we got a house. Then I graduated college and I had a baby all in like the same year. So it was like a lot of like life transitions going on. And I feel like I didn't like life was going past me and I was trying to catch up with it. And so I feel like a lot of my changing and maturing didn't happen until I had to the baby was here. And so it's like um, and I just feel like there's something that people don't talk to you about, like how 
difficult transitions in life are, you know, just coming out of college into being an adult or coming out of uh, learning to have a house. I know I, I, I used to hear people say, oh, we just want to get used to being homeowners. And I'm like, you just live in the house. But there's so much <laughs> that comes with being a homeowner. So, um, man, Alicia, you and these questions. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I actually, I started changing when it came to me quitting my job. Because when I first was about to quit my job, they let me work from home. So I think some things started to change then. But really, when I let the job go, not saying that I wasn't a woman, but um, I feel like I started maturing more when I quit. Because that's when the Holy Spirit really just started showing me how many societal norms and societal um, um ideas that I still had and adopted so I was trying to mix kingdom and mix the world together and no wonder nothing was working because you can't mix the two together so I was still trying to be a mix of that dominant woman but still trying to submit and it wasn't working and I really wasn't submitting in the first place um so <laughs> so, so I guess that when I um like I said, when I really started letting the Holy Spirit deal with me about leaving that job and I was submitting to him and being obedient. And I noticed that one thing I did, I started treating my husband better. And so that's when I saw, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm answering, this is answering your question, Alicia, but I saw how integrated the Holy Spirit is, how integrated the word is, because when one area, when it's like when he deals with one area of your life, those principles that you learned are applicable to so many areas of your life. And so as I started submitting, I started, um, those principles that I was applying to my marriage that were being applied to me as well. So the change couldn't come until I changed. And so that, um, so I, it's, it's kind of a, I think that answer, did that answer the question? You answered 10 questions, questions. <laughs> okay? You, you, you preaching over there, I'm trying to stay in my chair because I done threw books at her, I uh, took my shoes off, like, no, that was, that was really good. Uh, Crystal, what about you? Talk a little bit about just that transition from being a single woman to married woman. As a single woman, I put like so much value into what I did. You know, my identity is in what I did. And because I worked so hard in it, like I put so much pride into that. And I thought that that was pretty much kind of what made me who I was in a sense. After getting married and coming into the knowledge of the kingdom, um, I started realizing that, gosh, uh, for one, coming into the knowledge of the kingdom, that's education like I was just telling someone today like me being a nurse actually had holds no value other than the fact that I have the education it's and I'm able to apply that to kingdom I'm able to apply that to helping someone in the kingdom but not it being like an identity thing I'm more so of you know I'm an ambassador so coming into the knowledge of that and um I was telling someone how I really realized that when I was in the midst of a conversation of a patient's mom and a doctor, and they were pretty much going back and forth on beliefs and how they were, um, she was basically going on her faith and the doctor was going on 
her belief system. Basically like, you know, this is what, this is what happens in the medical field. And as I sat there, I just, I really realized like being a nurse isn't the end. It's, it's not, it's not, that's not what it is. It's me um, operating as a kingdom citizen. It's me um, being able to use the education that I have for the glory of Elohim, as opposed to using it for the world's um, agenda. Both of you, so I'm, I'm gonna come back to it because there's something else that we need to, to pull out of that. But um, I love what you said about just how you were able to identify that you were formulating your identity based on what you did. And, and then Tori, you kind of touched on the same thing. Like you kind of accepted that ideal that it's, um, you know, it's my career that makes me a woman. And um, I don't say that makes you a woman, but, you know, like you pulled your, some of your self-worth and confidence from that position versus from the position that we see um, as far as the qualities of a woman that we, that we pull from the understanding of Masa Izumigad, you know, a communicator, a, a, a support um, not one who carries vision, but the one who supports the vision of the family and so on. Um, so, man, uh, it was so many things that you guys said that I'm trying to figure out which one to, to address. But I guess let's also think of this question. Well, I'll, I'll speak for myself first. So how my identity changed from being single to being married I realized that after I got married, that the vision that I had and, and the um, goals that I were going after, when I got married, I had to let that go because now it wasn't about all of my goals and my aspirations and the things that I wanted to achieve. Um, it was about what is the vision for the family and the father has put that in my husband. So I really need to understand what his vision is and be an assistance to that. Um, and so I think I'm glad that I was able to understand that early on because when um, I got pregnant and Demetrius wanted me to stay home, I was just like, okay, like I didn't fight it. I wasn't, you know, and I, and I think some women may have been a little bit more upset by it because I literally had just spent, you know, eight, I just said eight years, that's not true, but a lot of years in school, um, undergrad and then getting my graduate degree. And then I went home. And so from a worldly perspective, I think some people would be as like old fashioned or domestic or, you know, just, just weird and how that was handled. But I knew that that's where, I, that's what I was supposed to be doing. So I didn't fight it. Um, but as it relates to like my identity, Again, just when I when I got married, it was like, okay. And I'll never forget, because I remember having a conversation with dad about it, um, because I've always been ambitious and like, yeah, I want to start this center. And, you know, I had all these things. And he was like, yep, you, he actually was talking to Demetrius. He was like, you have a woman who, you know, has a lot of giftings and talents, but you're going to have to direct her because she needs to pour that into you and pour that into the family, not into her dream and what she was basically going after as a single woman. Um, so that's what it looked like to me, or that's what it looked like for me. 
Um, can you guys talk a little bit more about, I guess, the difference when you became a wife or can you relate to that or not so much? Um, when you were talking, what came to me is something that pastor has said that, you know, when two people come together, like we are both powerful people, but one has to submit to the other. And um, it's our role as a wife to submit to our husbands. And what was really powerful was that um, it's the same as like um, Yeshua submitting to the father. Like he was really powerful, but um, he chose to say, hey, I'm gonna let my will, you know, be your will. And, and that's pretty much the same as what we say as wives is like, you know, your vision is going to be my vision. You know, I'm going to put my vision aside and help you with yours. You know, what the vision has, what the father has put on you for the family. And I'm going to help you as like um, we had mentioned as a matzah is a to fulfill that vision. And another thing is for us or for me that I've learned is um, learning the laws and speaking the laws instead of and letting that be the influence for my husband, um, speaking that over him or speaking that to him and reminding him what the father has already spoke to him. So that has been um, really powerful because I actually have seen that, like I've seen that this that switch happen and to actually see it is amazing. Like when you change, how can I say, you change your conversation. Like, um, instead you're encouraging, you're um, reminding him, hey, you remember when you told me that the father told you this? You know, the response is so much more positive as opposed to, you know, being negative or, you know, being condescending or something like that, so. It's so funny, real quick, Crystal, when I got that um, illumination that I needed to encourage and support. And I was like, when I first heard that, I was like, well, who's going to encourage me if I'm so busy <laughs> encouraging him? <laughs> but, um, um, one thing, Alicia, um, that while you were speaking, one thing that I thought about is that I had, like you had ideas of things that I wanted to do. Um, but I think one thing for me is that I don't feel like I ever just saw myself as this single woman because I got married so young. You know, I was living at home, went to college. And I mean, I stayed in school, but for the most part, I was under my parents. Like anytime a decision had to be made, I called my dad. Like I was the first thing I did. And so I feel like I really, even though I stayed by myself for a few years in college, I feel like I really just went from under my front of my dad directly to under my husband. Mm -hmm. And in a way, I feel like it was good and bad because I expected him to be so much like my dad. And if you know my dad, my dad is very much military man, like he is 100% man. And so I was expecting my husband who was still learning how to, you know, lead still learning you know kingdom and you know his dad is nothing like my dad so he grew up in a whole nother setting than me so that was um so in a way I remember almost feeling like I had to do stuff like I because I was like well this y'all ain't finna do this this y'all not gone and then I remember telling him you need to leave you need to leave so I'm sitting here trying to push him to leave and not even standing back and being patient and realizing okay this is a role that he has to learn and just like, this is a role that I got to learn too. So, um, so yeah, I just, um, 
uh, and, and it just reminded me of that, Alicia, that I, um, I just never saw myself as this single woman. I just remember I always saw myself as a young woman that was still under my dad and I got married and I guess I thought life was going to work itself out when I got married. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, was, I was shocked, but you know. <laughs> you know what though, Tori, I'm so glad you said that because I definitely relate to that. And at the same time, that's how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to leave one father and go onto another father's covering. That's how it's supposed to be. And so I feel blessed that I was able to, um, cause kind of like you, like, you know, I, I actually was in my parents' house until I got married. And then, you know, we got our own and, and that sort of thing. And, and so I'm actually thankful for that. Like, I, 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 I know that that's how the father wants it to be. Um, but at the same time, I also fell into the same trap as you did and expected my husband, who was still learning to be in a place that my dad was in, who had been in the word for <laughs> decades and decades. And, you know, and Demetrius and I, or Demetrius was just coming into the knowledge of some things. So I'm glad that you, um, that you brought that up. And then Crystal, earlier you were talking about, you have learned being a repeater of the vision and reminding your husband like the father you know remember he said this and encouraging and supporting and I had to learn to repeat the vision and not repeat the flaws and like you did this wrong and and be so critical versus you know and I think about the scripture that says you call things that be not as though they were like we are, he know he messed up, <laughs> you know it, he know it, everybody knows it, so it's no point in being critical, but, but instead, like, speak what you're wanting to see, speak, you know, the, um, pull, pull that out of him, like, use your influence and use your, um, the inner cheerleader, I guess you could say, and, and build him up, and I think that was something that I really had to work on, because, Kind of like you, Tori, I'm used to that military dad. And, you know, if anybody knows my dad, like, <laughs> it's so funny. Anytime we have something for him um, and people start talking about, like, how how important they've been in, his, in their life, uh, most people say, like, just about the discipline. He's like, why y'all always talk about discipline? Like, I don't, you know, the, like, that's all I do is correct people. <laughs> but I don't think he realizes, like, it's good. Like, we need that. But also that's kind of how, that's what I'm used to. I'm used to like, we know you're doing good. So we're going to talk about that. Let's talk about what you need to work on because he w- he's a mentor and he grooms. And so I brought that mentality into my marriage and I would, um, it, and it wasn't coming from a place of trying to tear my husband down, but it was coming from a place kind of like you, Tori, you, you said you felt like you basically had to help him lead <laughs> and you had to help him do. And so that, you know, it was really coming from a place of I want to help. So let me help you. But I had to really understand. Uh, and Demetrius even said it, you know, he would talk about his mom. He was like, you know, my mom, she's my biggest cheerleader. And when he first said that, I was like, I mean, but why do you, I mean, why do you need somebody to tell you you're doing good? Like that's, that's, <laughs> I, I looked at it the wrong way. I felt like I'm not going to just try to make you feel good just to make you feel good. I didn't get it. 
So anyways, to make a, a long story longer, um, I really had to learn like not to repeat the flaws, but to repeat the vision. And so I wanted to ask you ladies, what does, cause Crystal, you touched on this about like helping your, I mean, excuse me. We know that we help our husbands with the vision. What does that look like for you? Cause I know it looks different for the three of us. It's him trying to figure out what our our vision what the vision is for us and me actually encouraging and not like putting my ideas and my thoughts into it and just letting him seek the father on where he feels like this family should go as far as like business wise and all of that it's me stepping back and being like oh, okay if that's that's where okay so that's where you want it to go so we'll just we'll go that way before it would be like, I don't know about that. And another thing is also my attitude, you know, like how um, we can be submissive and be like, okay, but the attitude of it could just be like, uh, you know, I don't think this is going to work, but I'll just go ahead and go with it. And that even speaks, yeah, that speaks more loudly than you just saying no, because it also speaks, hey, I don't trust I don't trust you're going to hear from the father. I don't trust that the father's speaking to you. It says so much. It's really trusting that he's hearing from the father and trusting the father and um, also being aware of my attitude, my response to when he does speak that, hey, this is the vision for the family. This is where I want to take things and really just trusting it and just being like, okay, just let you be the man and be the source. And I, I, be the woman and not take that domineering position and try to lead things when that's not my position to lead. One thing I tell DJ all the time is that he's not a Pinto, he's not a Pinto, but he's a McLaren. And one thing is that just understanding, and the reason why I'm telling him that is to, or why I repeat it so much, is for him to understand just how valuable he is. To understand how valuable the vision that the father has given to him. And so one thing that we know that as uh, ambassadors that we have to manage everything, including our time, our resources, the vision that the father has given us. And so one thing is that I'm always reminding him of, you know, uh, like you said, Crystal, repeating the vision, back to him repeating like qualities in him things about him that he does good because like Alicia was saying they know when they messed up they know when they did something um they shouldn't have and and I would be lying if I didn't say that I have like just gone off the deep end like no you shouldn't have did this xyz but the more I mature it's like okay he know he did it like we can talk about it and, and then we keep on going you know um and, and and you said something crystal that reminded me of something that I used to do a long time ago is that I used to get up before DJ and I would write him um just like a little note on a sticky note and I would leave it on his nightstand so when he woke up in the morning he would see it mm-hmm. and so like he started keeping those and I just like you said crystal I noticed a change in him and so really just going back to repeating the vision um you know repeating um Repeating, just repeating the word, you know, he has certain scriptures that he talks about that he says that he meditates on. And I'm like, okay, DJ, well, this is what you said. And, and, you know, I'll even repeat that scripture back to him or, you know, if there's times where just things are just chaotic, I'm like, okay, well, this is what the word says and we're going to repeat it right now. So just, uh, um, just repeating things. And another thing he always tell me that he's working for 40 year old DJ. So I'm like, okay, well, you working for 40 year old DJ. 
what do we need to be doing right now? So just, um, yeah, and even and even in doing that, Crystal, like, it encourages me. You know, I joked earlier about, like, well, who's going to encourage me? But encouraging my husband and putting myself in, in the position that I'm supposed to operate in encourages me. And, you know, also our children see that. So that's a whole nother, you know, topic. So, yeah, I hope to answer your question, Alicia. Yeah, yeah that did. That was good. Um, you you said something that sparked a thought about how he is working for forty year old DJ, and and isn't that what is so so amazing about how when the father puts vision in men how a lot of times when they do have that idea, they're looking at the big idea. They're looking at the big picture and we have the ability to help them get there. And that's something that I really had to work with Demetrius on is like, okay, got it. That's what we're working towards. What's step A? Because we're talking, what's step A to B? Because we're talking about Z (laughs) and we can't go from A to Z. So how are we going to get, you know, there? And then also just repeating that vision back. I feel like it helps with focus. It helps like, okay, you know, we're going to, we're going to start here. And and also, you know, I have to be careful about that too, because I never want to come off as like trying to control, control what, what the father has given him to do. Um, I'm here to assist and to, to help. But also I know my husband (laughs) and I know that, you know, in certain areas, like he needs that focus. He needs that direction um, so that, you know, we do kind of keep chugging towards that because there's so much in him and so much that we could be doing, but that doesn't mean that's what we should be doing. And, and timing is everything. And, you know, I'll be transparent in that um, (laughs) a few years back, Demetrius really, really wanted to go into real estate. That's all he's, you know, he, that's all he's wanted to do. Like from the time, like we, you know, started to figure out what the vision was for our family. And while I wanted to support him in that, I knew that it wasn't the time. And so I had to pray like, okay, father, how do I handle this? You know, because I don't want to step on his toes but I know that it's not time right now. Like I, I just, I know that. And at the same time, I didn't want to just say that and then make cause more damage. And so I didn't. And I, I just prayed. And um, sure enough, he came back to me and was like, you know, I think, I think we're going to wait on that. You know, I, I think we're going to wait and, you know, let's prepare. And, and I was just like, oh, thank you, Father, because I did not want to uh, make, you know, a huge mistake. And then, you know, but either way, I was like, I'm just going to trust in, trust in the Father. And sure enough, you know, he orchestrated things to where everything is happening in the right timing. So, um, so yeah, I think that's all we have time for on this episode so we will definitely have to continue um just in this vein another time but we want to thank you all so much for tuning in and we will see you on the next episode